Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Friday, March 19th. We have, for the very first time ever on Legally Speaking WTF, a guest to talk about all things HR. She is the Foster Group's HR representative. Liz, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Liz McNamara. As Joey mentioned, I am the HR consultant with the Foster Group. I have been with the group since September of last year, so I'm excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you here. It wouldn't be legally speaking WTF without Troy Foster. Troy, how are you doing today? Good, good, Joey. How are you? Welcome, Liz. Doing very well. All right. Well, for this episode, we obviously are going to get into all things HR, talk about your main concerns and also how the Foster Group is doing things differently. We got a very exciting episode for you guys. But first, you guys know the drill. Welcome to Legally Speaking WTF. We are a podcast that sets out to examine, question, cross-examine, and hopefully reach a verdict on many of the complex puzzles we witness in employment and healthcare law today. For those of you who hear that sound, the universally known love language of law and fear you have been charged with listening to yet another boring podcast, we plead not guilty. We are here to be a reputable but enjoyable source on helping you navigate the puzzling legal landscape of the workplace and healthcare. My name is Joey Ski, and I'll be a key witness in today's discussion. But now, it is my pleasure to call to the stand our lead counsel on these matters and the man behind the podcast name. You're listening to the one and only Legally Speaking with Troy Foster. When it comes to viral videos about HR, there's just simply no other place we could go to except for the office to look at the relationship between Toby and Michael and everything that can go wrong with human resources and management. Let's take a peek. Oh, and another fun thing. We, at the end of the night, are going to give the check to an actual group of Boy Scouts, right, Toby? We're going to... Actually, I think it was appropriate to invite children since it's... Uh... You know, there's gambling and alcohol, and it's in our dangerous warehouse, and it's a school night, and you know, Hooters is catering. You know, is that enough? Is that enough? Should I keep going? Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Welcome back, everybody. So first off, Troy, let's get started with throughout your legal career. What have you noticed about kind of, I, I don't want to use the word stigma, but why do people feel that HR is always, I mean, let's, let's return to that office clip. Toby is the number one enemy of the manager of the office. Why is HR always such kind of a, a point of friction in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. Um, we are not Toby, and so we'll uh, just start there. But I think that the reason why people are afraid of HR, um, or maybe the wrong people are afraid of HR, but there are rules to be followed in the workplace, right? I mean, and HR's job is to make sure that those are applied consistently uh, to everybody in the workplace. And so sometimes people are a little bit afraid because HR is uh, making making sure that those rules are applied uh, and they don't want to get in trouble. So it's almost like a parental figure, which is a real big misconception, I think. Um, HR is there for the employees um, as well as the company, but 
uh, I think that we as HR professionals get a bad rap. Um, I don't know. Nobody ever was afraid of me. So, <laughs> Well, personally, there's no reason to be afraid of you. You're quite the quite the warm and welcoming guy, in my opinion. So, Liz, how about yourself? In your HR career as a specialist, what are some of the things you've noticed about how people interact with human resources? Before that, Liz, let's talk about whether you think I'm warm and professional. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone and answer Joey's question. Um, yeah, I think Troy, I mean is spot on. I think people think of HR when they think of people getting terminated or written up or negative things happening. But so much of what we do um, is really advocating for our employees, not just working on the company's behalf, but really seeing ourselves as, you know, an employee advocate as well, which I think is so important. So this is a question for you both. When when it comes to, obviously, there are rules in the workplace that need to be followed and unfortunately do need to be enforced in cases where they are not being followed. What are some of the main things that you see people coming to HR representatives? Troy, we'll start with you. Uh, you spent a lot of time as HR for a very large company. What were kind of the repetitive things you noticed about uh, HR-related queries, if you will? Yeah. So I think that it depends on who's asking, right? So I think a lot of managers come in um, and and there are different types of people within these subgroups too. You have managers who don't like somebody, so they're trying to find a way, find, find an HR rule uh, that they can nail someone on. Uh, and, and that's just driven personality, which is a misuse of HR. And then you have managers who don't understand certain things and they want some education on how they can be good supervisors and managers and apply that policy. Uh, and I think if you look at it from the employee side, you have employees who really also want to understand and learn what their rights and responsibilities are. And then you have employees that want to kind of like the first subset of managers want to figure out what they can get away with and how they can do as little as possible and get paid as much as possible. So um, it just depends. So those are the kind of the broader categories, but um, I know I didn't answer what, what the most repetitive things are, but those are the broad categories. No, don't worry. I have the top 10 toughest HR questions asked and answered that we'll go through, but we'll get to that a little oh, later. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. Some of them are very exciting. Liz, could you tell me a little bit about what is the HR or the traditional HR perspective of dealing with these workplace conflicts and any any type of uh, enforcement in general? What, what is the traditional way that things have been gone about in the past? I think it really just depends. And I don't know that there is kind of a cookie cutter answer to that. It, it really, for me as an HR person, I want to look at what's the conflict or what's the question really understand where it's coming from and then deal with it accordingly. Um, Troy, I don't know if you have feedback on that, but I, it's, it's tough to just kind of give one answer because each situation is so specific and specific to the parties involved that I really like to tailor it to, to that situation. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's so true because we see a lot of uh, places offer a cookie cutter solution for HR and for the problems. And um, I think one of the interesting things, and, and it may be an ironic format for our podcast, is that we're pulling data on what are the top, you know, most uh, 
repeated questions, but I will guarantee you that the answers are all different if HR is done correctly. Um, you see companies and folks try to approach HR in a cookie cutter way, and that's when they get in trouble because they aren't looking at the facts, looking at the personalities, because that's very important, and the ramifications short and long term. Um, that has to be done in every single scenario. And I think something that's interesting along those same lines is HR, even within different companies, is done differently, right? So each company really has its own unique culture. And there are certain guidelines of HR and principles that will remain the same regardless. But definitely there are aspects of HR that you're going to tailor to the demographic that you're supporting at any given company. And that's an important piece as well, I think. I think one of the really interesting things that both of you guys mentioned is that there's no single tailored approach to HR. Every single individual issue in the workplace requires an understanding that there are two individuals involved and there's not a simple magic bullet that ever makes uh, interpersonal conflict an easy thing to deal with. So how, Troy, we'll start with you. What is the what is the approach the Foster Group is taking? And then Liz, can you tell me about what makes that unique and different? Yeah. So, I mean, what we do from a, I think we're a little bit different because we are an employment law firm that advocates for employees and employers. Um, but we also have staff, you know, on folks on staff that have committed their lives to HR for decades. Right. Uh, Liz and I have, have worked in various companies in HR and uh, looked at different ways and had the same scenarios present themselves and the results come out very differently, just depending. Uh, so we recognize, I think that what, what's different about the Foster Group is, A, I don't think you'll probably find a law firm that has employment lawyers, but also um, HR professionals. Um, so that's a little different. But what that means for our clients and uh, employees and people who want to use our services from an HR end is that they have people that know and have been in the trenches who get where they're coming from, get that there are budgets, that there are politics involved, that there are personalities that sometimes, even if you know every legal aspect or practical HR aspect, um, the answer has to be delivered. Um, differently and the answer may be different uh, just depending on where where you are so we know that um, and those are some of the questions that we ask that have nothing to do with HR it's about the culture it's about who's involved in the decision making and who are they educated are they sophisticated or are we going to have to help spend time uh, with the HR folks educating uh, the decision makers so those are all questions that we know that being in the trenches really provides more than than, than most could ask for. So Liz, I'm actually going to interject and I'm going to change the question for you. Troy used the saying in the trenches <laughs> as referring to these kind of HR issues that are dealt with in the workplace. I feel like there is, as we talked about in the very beginning of this episode, a little bit of a, of a fear or a stigma. I don't know what the proper word is, but HR is a very difficult thing to deal with unless <laughs> obviously you're going to try to get an employer or an employee you don't like fired. What are some ways that as an HR professional, you've seen that it shouldn't be something you're worried about, that a lot of these things, these issues in the workplace are very manageable and you guys have come prepared with your experience to help deal with them. How, why should people not be afraid of HR? 
think from my perspective, HR is there to help. So I would never want to be seen as someone who's feared in an organization. Um, really, the way I see myself is I'm there. I can be there to assist if there's a conflict between an employee. I can be there to to assist if there's a conflict with a manager and an, and an employee. Um, really, we're the go-to place if there are questions about benefits, about you know leaves of absence. Really, we're there to serve the employee and the managers and help them through those situations. People oftentimes come to HR when there is something difficult going on in their life, right? Maybe they have some sort of a medical issue that they're dealing with, or they have concerns at their home that they're struggling with. And we really can be there to provide them resources and to kind of walk them through those things. Um, is there the side of HR that deals with terminations? Sure. But I would say that that's really the small percentage of what we're doing. The larger thing that we're doing is really helping to create an environment where employees are happy to be at work and enjoy what they're doing and creating a good, positive environment. I actually think that's really fascinating, Liz, because of the top 10 uh, HR questions and issues that I looked up with, almost every single one of them, I think it's close to eight out of 10, have to do with conflict and resolving conflict and that more uh, termination side of HR, which you said is the smaller side. Troy, in terms of your career in HR, what are some of the ways through which you've had experience helping people with those more uh, providing aid to employees? Well, I mean, I think the, the reason, to your point, Joey, that we see the most asked questions is because people, meaning uh, managers and businesses, either give little uh, little in the way of looking at how HR can be a facilitator and can be a help. And so there's less of an investment in that. And they are looking at them as just to solve problems when they come up. Um, you know, HR is just a place where, you know, you figure out what your login is and, you know, where, what your benefits are and, they aren't staffed to a level where you, they're going to provide you any help. Um, and I think that luckily that is a dying, um, I guess, way to manage that we see now. And that's why I think, you know, looking at it, we can provide more efficient service to folks that can't afford, you know, full-time HR folks and be able to say, Hey, let's talk about how we make employees productive and how that makes, you know, the, the company, uh, in a better spot. And the way we do that is, is looking at employee satisfaction, um, and helping create HR as that place where they go when they are having issues or difficulty, because I, I don't think anybody listening to the podcast has ever had not had something outside of their life affect their work life. That just happens because, we're at work all the time and something that is not work related is going to impact it. And I think when companies ignore the fact that this happens all of the time and there isn't that either a sounding board or, or facility to try to help that, then that's when conflicts arise. And that's why you see all these folks asking the question after the fact. Um, I, our focus is, is to prevent 
those 80% of conflict questions. And I think we can do a good job of doing that by being engaged with, with the employees, with the workforce and the managers. So in terms of this engagement with employees and managers, what is, Liz, what, let's loosen it up a little bit. What is one of the more comical, ridiculous HR problems that you've dealt with? I know you can't get personal. I am aware of that reality. But what are some of these funny stories? We'll call them war stories from HR. Um, Let me think. I have so many. <laughs> Things funny. So we had, I had a manager come to me that had an employee who had called out sick earlier in the day. And the reason they gave for not being able to come in was that they had become hypnotized by their goldfish. And so they were unable to break away and get into the office. So that was kind of a strange, a strange one for me. And how did you deal with that? <laughs> Um, it was luckily only a one-time thing, so okay. the employee was able to take the day, um, and it did not become something that was repetitive that we really had to address in the future. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense, and I think that I think that returns to where we started this podcast, which is very much about that it is a unique, tailored conversation for each individual issue you encounter in HR. So I have a question for you, too. One of the things that I've noticed as a rising trend in the workplace is the actual changing of the name of HR. A lot of companies are not using human resources as the name anymore. They're using things such as people operations manager or VP of people or chief happiness officer. Vibe manager was even one I saw. Director of employee engagement. There's a lot of people that are now changing the name human resources. Do you feel like this stems from that traditional issue of viewing HR as kind of the enforcing law in the workplace? Either one of you. I think that's definitely a part of it. And I think a lot of organizations have gotten creative with titles. From my perspective, I think that's fine. Um, I think the most important thing is really the actions that the department is taking more so than what we're calling ourselves. Um, that being said, you know, I know there was a big push. We no longer will say HR manager, we'll use HR business partner, which I do think that's an important distinction to make because it is so important for us to be seen and to see ourselves as partners really to be successful, I think, in, in our collaboration with not just employees, but managers. So Liz right there said that it's also very important how you manage your or how you view yourself as an HR representative. I mean, Troy, <laughs> I've been I've only worked for a few people, but I'm sure in your time you've worked for quite a few. Could you tell me what are uh, what are some of the experiences you've had with HR representatives? Have you ever had one who didn't really view themselves as the proper mechanism in the workplace they should have been? Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm so old that we called HR personnel. So, I mean, that um, is, is what we and, but I think that it goes back to what Liz is saying. I, I think that people are either folks that in HR are either people that want to facilitate help helping other folks or they want to crack the whip because there's some power issue. Um, so regardless of the title, uh, and I do think that that's still important because, uh, the perception, not only how we view ourselves as HR people, but how other folks view us and how the organization views HR, 
are important, but um, you're going to have two sets of people and we just need to work on looking for folks in HR that understand that there's a balance. Of course, uh, rules and need to be enforced and they need to be made. But in the end, the real question is, do they realize that they're there for the people and for the organization? And what's best for the organization is to have low turnover, productive employees and folks that want to say great things about uh, about the company and whatever it produces. So that's that's really, I think, the focus uh, more than the title, like Liz said. So one thing we like to do on the podcast, Liz, is this is your first time here, is we like to try to do some practical advice for both employers and employees. So first off, we're going to start with the employee side. Troy, given what we've talked about today and um, the Foster Law's approach to unique HR and specifically individually tailored response to HR issues, what is some practical advice you have for employees who are listening, some of our listeners that may may have issues they would like to bring up with HR or to also touch on the other side of things, not necessarily just issues, how to properly interact with HR? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good question. And a takeaway, I think two of them is uh, making sure that they know who to talk to. Uh, different organizations have different uh, levels within the HR department and making sure that you're not, you know, jumping over uh, folks to get your questions answered, I think is important, uh, just so that you're, that's the appropriate piece. Uh, but overall, I, I think it's really important for employees to feel comfortable having open dialogue and communication. Uh, whenever they have an issue, whether it impacts their, their personal life or the workplace or both, I think if they think that it may have some sort of impact on work, they need to really engage with their HR professional and probably their manager to see if they could get some help. Um, oftentimes, employees don't want to ask for help. They see it as a weakness. Um, but I, I think that uh, good HR professionals see that as a strength of, of saying, hey, this is a time where I really need some assistance. And sometimes there isn't much that can be done, to be honest. Uh, sometimes it's like, okay, well, do you need time off? Which may not help because you aren't getting paid. Uh, but at the same time, even being able to have that conversation and have someone listen to you and be a sounding board is important. So I think communication and you know going through the right uh, channel are things I would encourage employees to do. Fantastic. Thank you, Troy. And Liz, how about on the employer side? Obviously, this is all about navigating relationships in the workplace. So how can uh, employers effectively implement HR in the workplace? So I think the most important thing is that the employer knows that their HR department understands the culture of the company and really what they're trying to do. So if the organization has a mission statement, making sure that HR is really integrated in that and knows that that's what you're working toward as an organization. So I guess another good piece that's important is to encourage companies, managers to loop HR in at the beginning of a concern or any kind of an issue with an employee instead of waiting until a situation escalates. Because oftentimes we can help to provide guidance and partnerships so that a situation doesn't become bigger than it needs to. Yeah, Liz, and I think that's a good point. Joy, you asked earlier, 
you know, how the foster group is different. I think, you know, we have an arm um, in Liz and other staff members that is HR. So we do the legal work after the problem has become too big, right? Um, either the employer, the employer has not, uh, not reached out, not reached a resolution. And now it's far beyond um, an internal thing. And we're at the EOC or in litigation, something like that. But we also recognize that because, and we're dedicated to resolving things early, um, and we do that at the HR side too. So Liz and her team is able to offer consultations to any small business uh, that wants help um, at the early stages so that they aren't uh, really focused on the problem later on. They're focused on solutions up front. Um, and that's what our HR solutions team does as well. And one of the nice things also is when we do work with a company, we want to find out really where they want to go from an HR perspective. We're not just going to come in and say, you need to do X, Y, and Z. It's important to find out what do they think the needs are, and then we can help them to assess and prioritize those. So for my last question of the day, I want to return back to where we started. Obviously, the office is quite a phenomenal resource of how not to manage an office properly. But I want an answer from both of you on where do you think Toby and Michael's relationship went wrong and why he became such the enemy of the manager and where he wasn't providing the adequate response to the needs of his own workplace, let alone from all the other chaos that ensues there. But as an HR representative, how could he have improved or Michael improved his status in the office? Well, I was just going to say, I think that um, the office is the best um, demonstration of what not to do in HR. And I'm going to give a typical HR answer, which is both Toby and Michael, you know, could have taken opportunities here to improve their relationship. Uh, Toby is is far from a, a real rule enforcer, <laughs> you know, kind of a wet noodle there. And Michael has no interest in learning anything. Uh, so <laughs> there's not much that couldn't have uh, gone better here. <laughs> How about you, Liz? I think both Toby and Michael could have benefited from a team building activity and maybe an EAP referral. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for coming on and talking about this issue. I feel like there's been a lot of uh, very fun conversation, but also interesting insights into managing HR in the workplace and that partnership that we discussed between employees, employers, and their HR representatives. So for all you listening, remember you can always reach us via the Foster Group AZ on Instagram, our Facebook page, or our website. If you have any questions, we'd be happy to answer any of them. Liz and Troy, obviously both incredible resources at your disposal. Again, guys, thank you so much for coming on and I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Troy. Thanks.